Get ready to move from ordinary to extraordinary, natural to supernatural, with Radical Change Ministries. But then something happened. I had to go to hospital unexpectedly. I got thrombosis, so that was a blood clot in my leg. And they were afraid, the doctors, that it's going to go through my heart or my lung or whatever. So then I was admitted to hospital for a whole of six days. It was really horrible for me. And you know, because of this COVID thing, you're not allowed any visitors. So actually, your family must just drop you there by the door and kick you in the door and there they go. And you don't see them again. (laughs) So I thought it's just going to be one night because really... What's so serious about this thing? So that's why I'm sitting. And please excuse me because <laughs> to stand is still a little bit of a challenge. And um, yo, when I was there in the hospital, the first day and the whole time, I just felt this feeling of hopelessness. There was no hope. Everybody was so alone because nobody's allowed any family in there, nothing. Even when the doctors and the sisters come by, they like, and I had this feeling, the Lord just showed me, it's like we all have leprosy. You know, you put out of the camp. Nobody's allowed near you. Nobody's allowed to touch you, to speak to you. Until one day when you are declared cleaned by the priest or the doctor or whoever. And I was just thinking, yo, how the people must have felt when you had leprosy. It was so, so bad. And the whole time in hospital, even when the sister in the mornings, because my room was just like opposite the nurse's station when she was speaking to her people all I could hear in her voice was defeat she was just and she went off that day because I thought well as soon as I see you I'm gonna find you and I'm gonna preach for you and I'm gonna pray for you but unfortunately she left that day and she went on a short break but even people coming in there they just had no hope I'm the one lady when the doctor came by and he asked her, so what do you want to say? She said, no, I just want to give you a message from my children. He said, no. He said, oh, my children, she just sent my mom home back alive. Oh my word, my heart nearly broke. <laughs> it was so hard. So, and you know, the things people did because nobody wanted to stay overnight because it was, even though we were all declared COVID free and we were in a green ward or whatever they call it, Nobody wanted to stay there. Everybody's afraid, just don't come near me, just. And I just felt, oh, everybody, you're so alone. You feel so hopeless. And that's when God spoke to me and said, no, no respect is not for now. <laughs> I, mean, I need to speak a little bit about hope. Because my hope also felt, I was lying in there in the hospital and I thought, am I ever gonna come out of this place again? <laughs> Because really, you're so, so alone, I can't even describe it to you. And that's when you feel what hopelessness is all about. So I'm gonna ask you this morning, um, I'm sure there's lots of us here, lots of you who were ever in a situation that you felt this is the end. I have no hope anymore. That feeling of despair and hopelessness. A situation that you feel, as I said, there's no hope. Um, some of us may feel this morning we're in a dark place. I have no joy. And I must admit it, I was in a little bit of a dark place <laughs> after hospital. I felt like oh, I had no joy. When I got home, it felt I walked for two steps and then I was like tired. And I thought, oh my word, they didn't even do anything to me. 
<laughs> they just put me full of needles, but that's it. I didn't have an operation or nothing. But it was so amazing how the enemy come and attack your mind and everything. Some of us might be in a very bad financial situation this morning. Like, um, I know, maybe you just got here by church with the fumes in your car bringing you here. Or maybe we report of a bad relationship. And the thing that you say, Lord, I just don't know anymore. Just show me. Or maybe your health is not what it should be. Trusting God, but the spirit is willing, but the flesh must still catch up with it. And there's so many things that can make us feel hopeless this morning. So do we have hope for tomorrow? That's why I love that last song, last song that we sang. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And that's when I heard this song. It was just, oh my word, it speaks to me <laughs> into what I want to share with everybody this morning. Yeah. So do we have, who of us, I'm sure lots of us had disappointments. We didn't have any disappointments. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had a lot. <laughs> and you feel like you've lost your hope. Yes. Hopeless. So what is it? What that, who is it who's doing this to us? It's the enemy that's using us. The enemy is attacking our hope. Because our hope is so important. If I don't have hope for tomorrow, what do I have? Some of us have so much big dreams and hopes for this year. Just think back to January. We had this wonderful word, and there you can see it. 2020, double vision for the provision. What? Double vision, double provision. And it can still happen. I mean, it can still happen. But then we had this little bump in the road and we felt it's never going to happen. And you feel like the enemy came and what did he do? He stole our hope. He stole our vision. And so I want to share with you the first part of John 10, 10. And Pastor Piet also shared it with us last week. So I told him I'm stealing his scriptures this morning. <laughs> so I first want to share the first part from the message translation. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. And that's, you all know what he does. It's in our health, our finances, and our relationships. So that's what he did. That's what he came to do. He came to destroy our hope. Is it true? Well, I, and I'm just preaching for myself this morning because this is what happened to me. I had no hope. It's fine. Every day is my just another day. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's fine. It's just another day. And that's exactly what Satan wants. Do you think he wants you to have hope? Do you think he wants you to trust in God? No, he don't want you to have an expectation from God. He just wants to say, oh. now you see, I told you, you're, up. you're good for nothing. He comes to steal our joy and our passion. And I was like, Wednesday morning we're at School of the Supernatural and um, one of my favorite songs is the first one we listened to from Third Day, um, Soul on Fire. And it actually felt for the first time since I went to hospital, wow. Let me burn for you again. I just felt, okay, there's the breakthrough now. I can breathe. <laughs> but you see, when the enemy comes, that's the thing. He wants to steal your joy, your passion. And he wants to steal our futures. Because we had these things, oh, this, yeah. I'm going to do this and this and this. And it creates hopelessness, hopelessness in us. But it's a trap. He's setting up a trap for us. <laughs> And as I say, so many of our hopes are shattered. So the first part of Proverbs 13, verse 12, from the Passion Translation, it says it's so beautiful. When hope's dreams seems to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. Or in the New King James, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Is it true? Because some of us have big, big dreams. 
And it feels like you're just going on. Um, since me and my husband were married, that's about 25 years now. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> he had this dream, this big dream. And last year we thought, yeah, now's the time this dream is coming into fulfillment. And then it didn't come and it was shattered. And my heart was broken. My heart was broken for him. I'm just happy where he is. So whatever he wants to do, it, I'm happy we're going. And then he just didn't realize. And I thought, yo, our hearts were so sick. Really, really, because you're working for something and you think you have this dream. And I'm sorry if I'm not now all <laughs> positive. That's coming now, now. <laughs> and that makes the enemy happy. Because you think you still now want to do anything. Now I just want to exist now because no matter what I do, my dreams don't come comes true. And it keeps on being postponed and postponed and it makes our heart sick. Because you have this hope, but it's not coming to pass. But now comes the but part. <laughs> so in John 10, 10 again from the message, the second part, it says, but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Okay, so if that's a different translation, just follow. I was confusing them and myself this morning. So <laughs> just read what's there. <laughs> but so how beautiful is that? Just when we think this is it now, then Jesus tells us that. Even if the enemy did steal, come and steal and kill and destroy, Jesus still came to give us everything in abundance. But do you see this now? This is how we operate in life as well. You see, I first just show you the first part of the scripture and you think, yes, that's not true. The enemy just comes to kill, steal and destroy. And that's it. And that's how we live our lives. You know, people who can quote scripture maybe brilliantly, but you see, that was not so out of context. It's in context, but if we focus on the wrong part, that's all we're gonna have. So if we only focus on the first part, nothing else is happening. So that's it. We must go to the but part as well. <laughs> you see, but. The same is with Proverbs 13 verse 12. Let's look at the ratio of the scripture. So it says when it makes a heart sick, sick, but when at last your dreams come true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. Is it so true? When it comes to pass, but oh my word, it's so long. It takes 25 years now already. How long still? I don't know. <laughs> but that's another thing I want to encourage you with. You see, I used different translations this morning. And I had such a good time preparing this message. Even yesterday, after the Bible school students have written exams, and I have a lot of Bibles, I shared it with them. <laughs> and then I realized I don't have a message translation. So I said to my mom, because my mom is my chauffeur for this moment, <laughs> I said, no, I need a message. But it was so wonderful to be in God's Word with all the different translations. And you have the Bible, say, for example, the New King James, and it says it in a way, but then you read it in the Passion, and it just breaks it open for you. You see, so you have the Word, but just seeing it from a different perspective. So I want to encourage you, even now, this morning, as we go for it, if you have a different translation, another Bible, Read it and follow with it. So my main thing that I actually want to preach about is hope. <laughs> so yeah. So what is hope? 
Do you know what is hope? Do we really know? What does it mean? If I go over the bridge, I hope there's no traffic. <laughs> oh, when I come to church, I hope the pastor's gonna preach just 10 minutes because I have a nice lunch planned this afternoon or a nice braai. What is hope? Is it so? I hope I get a raise at work or I hope this is gonna happen. Is this true? Is this real hope? It's like I, I hope my team is gonna win today. That is like you're crossing your fingers. It's that type of hope. If I can describe it like that, I'm crossing my fingers. This is gonna. But then hope is for everything. Um, but I want to share to you with you what is biblical hope. Okay, so there's hope for everything in our lives, for every situation, for our sadness, for our despair. So Psalm 42 verse 5 from the message says, "Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues?" And I was thinking, oh my word, that sounds like a why are you singing the blues or <laughs> crying the blues? But it was not true. Sometimes I feel blue. Even if I understand Sunday, because my husband works away, then Sunday afternoons feel really depressing for me. And I just think, oh, why must I get up tomorrow morning? What? What's the reason? So it's just, but there is a reason. They says, fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. So what is biblical hope? So the word hope, yes, the word hope literally means to expect with confidence of what God has promised. Huh? So we must have a joyful and a confident expectation of what God has promised. So this is a huge thing to expect from us, isn't it? Because the first bump we get is, oh no, you see, I told you. The banks is not giving loans. And uh, I must just share this short story with you. I must hurry up. I have a lot to say. <laughs> um, a few years ago, we bought a little small holdings outside of town. And you know, with the banks, it's very difficult to buy plots and farms because they want like a 50% deposit. And I mean, really, if I had that kind of money, I do have, but that time, <laughs> if I had, I wouldn't go to the bank. You see, so then I went, we went to this guy and then he said, no, we can have it. And then he said, no, somebody else has signed the offer. We said, okay, fine. And we told him straight, we're not going to go to the bank for a loan. And then a few weeks later, he phones us again. He says, no, the other um, purchase didn't go through. Do we still want it? And my husband said, yes, but I told you no bank loan. He said, no, I will finance it. And you know, when somebody private finance you, they're not allowed to ask you any interest because they're not a financial institution. And that was so great. In five years, we paid it off and not one cent of interest. So, but when we started looking at farms, I said to our husband, I want the same deal. But when we got this opportunity for this other farm that didn't realize, I mean, I spoke this word into God's ears, but then I went, ran to all the banks who want to have loans and then it didn't happen. But I didn't, that's not what I asked from God. I want the same deal. No bank loans, no nothing. The owner must finance me. And, you know, then my heart felt sick and then I realized, but um, God didn't say you must go for a bank loan. That's not what you asked. So that's when we lose hope and we think, but how can I have this confidence in God is going to provide for me? I want to make my own plans. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes we also have like prophetic word over our lives. If you've got a word and says you're going to be 
an author. I'm going to publish books. But then the enemy comes in and he gives you no time to write. <laughs> and then you think, oh my word, I have no hope. I want to write, but I just don't get any time to write. So um, then my heart feels just, oh, I have no hope. And I just had the scripture on my heart to share with you. Psalm 30 verse 5 from the New King James. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. So many times we just feel hot. So I'm going to share now with you a little bit about my weeping. <laughs> so do you have an expectation with confidence today to receive what God has promised you? I'm having expectation for sure, a new expectation. So I want you to declare with me. Declare with me. I have a joyful and confident expectation of what God has promised me. Amen. And we are receiving it. Yes. And so as you know, in this month, Pastor Renato said we are teaching and preaching about prophetic secrets. And I thought, oh my word, how is this now going to fit into my sermon? I had this whole thing of hope now. <laughs> but hope is prophetic. And um, for me, the prophetic brings hope. Amen. So I just want to share with you a little, a little testimony what happened. About two and a half years ago, we just started to come to this church to RCM, like full time. We did come before as visitors, but then I said, now we're joining. And it was the end of February, March. We did some work for somebody and he didn't pay us. It was a lot of money. So if you know you, you know you have expectations, say for example, the end of the month you're getting your salary. You're getting 10,000 rand. And you know you have to pay school fees. This is for petrol, this is for groceries. So when you have a business, you have some other expenses. You have salaries, you have SARS, you have suppliers, you have all those things. So I mean, you've done the work, you've went on all those expenses. You have your people, you must pay the, pays you earn, you must pay your VAT. And then you get zero in your bank. Zero. And this guy just tells you, sorry, I'm not going to pay you. I don't care, you can do what you want, I'm not going to pay you. Because the place we did the work for went into business rescue. But this guy was not good with admin finances. We did the work in December already. And by February, I only admitted his invoices. So if he was in time, there would have been no trouble. But yeah, listen, God never let these things happen to us, but it uses, He uses it for our good. Now, so and it was tough. Let me tell you, um, my daughter was a girl of school, of the school, so I couldn't pay school fees because she's in a private school. It, it's a lot of money. And I just prayed, oh dear Lord, please don't let them call out my child in front of the whole school and embarrass her because I didn't pay school fees. And let me tell you how good God was. They didn't once phone me. I once, in the middle of the month, they sent me a statement. That's all. I thought, okay, nobody phoned me. I'm just going to be like an ostrich. Just going to put my head in the sand and I'm just going to... And it was, she was a matric, so it was a matric farewell. You know, all the friends are buying dresses, booking the hair, the makeup, the photo shoot, and we could do nothing. So... In the end, we had, I have a holiday club, so somebody wanted to go away, so they said they will pay me, me the money. I said, yes, they have to deposit. We can do the dress at least. <laughs> so we went to Pretoria, we went to the design, and he was shouting at me because, why did you wait so long? I just looked at him and said, oh, 
Oh, I said, issues. <laughs> but yeah, everything went out perfectly. And yeah, she had a beautiful matric farewell in the end. But yeah, what I wanted to come to is actually, so when we started to come here, I got so much prophetic word, not only from the pastors, but from everyone, every member in the congregation, people motivating you. When I go to Bible school, people would give you a word, would encourage you. And um, in something that I learned in this church that I never had before is a love for the Word. Because whatever the pastors preach or everybody preach that comes in here is the Word. The Word from the Bible, not the prophetic Word. So, and, and, you know, it's so important because we must know the Word because we speak prophecies of our own life as well. And when we were in this bad time, I just got so much word here. And I was crying every week with praise and worship. I was just horrible to see, but yeah. And then I got prophetic word, personal word, word from the Bible. And the situation didn't change for six months. It was really tough, tough, tough. I was the one praying with the fumes of my car, stopping and said, oh, dear Lord, uh, we're going to make it. <laughs> I'm sure tomorrow day something will happen and we're going to have money to take the children to school. Or I would just ask my daughter, just ask one of your friends, can you go to school with them, please? <laughs> so, yeah, but God is good. He used every situation because in that time, I just grew so near to Him because I was so desperate. I was such a low place and I just felt I had no hope. Life was not worth living anymore. And then when we got the Word and the prophetic brings hope, because it breaks open things for you. It gives you hope, it gives you a future, it shows you things. So and another scripture, um, I said from Pastor Pierre, I stole from him, but <laughs> it just fitted in with mine. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 14 verse three from the Passion Translation. Here we see clearly what prophecies do. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people, to build them up and to bring them comfort. So it's so true, and that's why I said, that's such a powerful scripture. And I just thought, okay, Pastor Renato always says, repetition brings revelation. So I'm bringing you a little bit of repetition this morning. <laughs> so what do we see about the prophetic? It encourages us, it's true. It builds you up, and it brings you comfort. And for me, it gives me hope. So declare with me, the prophetic, the prophetic. encourages me. Encourages it builds me up. And it comforts me. And it gives me hope. Amen. So for the prophetic brings up, God uses his prophets to reveal things to us. It's true because a lot of us have the gift of the prophetic. I mean, when God wants to give you a word for someone, he will give it to me. But some of us are prophets, true prophets. So, um, and I love the scripture that says, now, the prophet shows us things about the future. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, but remember the most important thing I would prophesy is in love. Now, so if I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words could be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. Isn't it true? I've been in a few meetings or conferences where the prophet would say, oh, I see all the dirt in your life. Is that what the prophet is called for? 
No, because then it's not in love and it doesn't build you up because you're the whole time going to think, okay, they're going to show everything. Oh my word, the time just flies when you're having fun. <laughs> so just remember that it's love and hope. And what I want to share with is Amos 3 verse 7, it says, the fact is God the master does nothing without first telling his prophets the whole story. So... God shows the prophet what's going to happen in your life and it brings you hope and it encourages you. And what did I say to you before about what the enemy came to steal our hope and our vision? So, and Pastor Renato's favorite scripture, Habakkuk 2, but I'm going to give you two and three from the Amplified. <laughs> then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and grave it plainly on clay tablets so that the one who reads it will run, for the vision is yet for the appointed future. Time it hurries towards the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail, even though it delays, wait patiently for it. Because it will certainly come, it will not delay. So, I want you to say with me, when I write my vision down, it encourages me and gives me hope. So if you felt this morning, you have no more vision, no hope, even if you have a vision board, do a new one. Give yourself new hope, a new vision and write the scriptures down. And I had seen the most beautiful comparison from the message translation, Romans 8, 25. Talon said it's from 24, so I'm just gonna read it from there. That is why waiting does not diminish us. Any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. Uh, wasn't it beautiful? Because the same was like I felt discouraged. It's taking so long. But then I was thinking about you, Berdine. <laughs> and sorry if I'm sharing something I'm not supposed to, but <laughs> when a baby is formed, you're not gonna give birth after two months. It's going to be the whole process. God is going to form that baby to perfection. You're going to stay there with the whole nine months for that perfect baby to come out. And that's the same with our visions and our dreams. The baby must come to the full term until it's God's time, not our time. So, and, and I'm joyful in my expectancy. That's so we need to wait. In Lamentations 3, 25 to 26, from the New King James, the Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Amen. I just want to share a few points with you quickly, and I'm going to do it quickly because my time is nearly up. <laughs> and how to build a hope. Because it's so easy to say, okay, I have hope and I must wait and I understand it, but how do I build it? So but tomorrow morning, I still don't want to get up. I had an awesome time today and we said hallelujah and I made declarations. But what about tomorrow? How do I build my hope? So I, when I was reading, I saw John Maxwell had this wonderful acronym for hope. It says holding on, praying expectantly. And it's so true because prayer is so powerful. So the first point I want to share with you, it's 10 points, but I'm really going to go quickly. <laughs> it's Hebrews 11 verse 1 from the Passion Translation. So now things brings our hopes, now faith, sorry, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. 
It's all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. So how does faith come? Yeah, by hearing and by the Word of God. So this is the same with hope. How do we build hope? We need to hear the Word of God. What does the hope speak in? It's the same as faith. Because the Scripture says, um, in all these things, sorry guys, I skipped a few, <laughs> but I know you're all awake. <laughs> so they say there's three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. And love is the most important. But hope is there. We sometimes forget to preach about hope because we always tell, how do we build our faith? And we must do things in love, but we never think about hope. And when I was in this hopeless situation, I just felt, oh, I just need to encourage myself a little bit <laughs> to have hope for the future. And then faith is the basis of all true hope. So faith is the basis. Then the second one is Isaiah 61 verse 3a. And that's the other song we sang this morning. If you read the scriptures, that's on it. Because talent also now, if I have certain songs I'm asking, you must show the video as well. Not just the words, I want the video. And it's put on the garment of praise. This is how I fight my battles. And that's it. 61 verse 3. Um, to give them beautiful ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness. So praise and worship God. That's so important. When you have that heaviness, I can just tell you, when you just praise Him and just go in His presence, and I know prayer, we, I'm still going to get to prayer, but praise for me, just open things and just let me time, spend time with Him so closely. Okay, the third one, Romans 5, 3 to 5. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So what does it say? We need to build our character first. <laughs> so we are all expecting, I'm giving you a word, you're all going to be billionaires tomorrow. Amen. Are you? <laughs> Amen. So will you be able to handle it? What's your character? Will you ever come back to church, for instance? No, why? Because I have everything I need now. I don't need God anymore. And that's what we realized. Um, I had somebody always say to me, can you handle it to be blessed? And it's so true. Sometimes we get the blessings, but we can't handle it. Um, so this scripture just showed me, sometimes we're feeling desperate. You said, God, but what happened? I was so blessed last year. I, I had 10 million in the bank. Now I have nothing. But God just said, I did it before. And I will do it again. Nah. So God helped me before, and I know he will help me again. And then Ephesians 3, verse 20 to 21. Pray expectantly, as I said, pray. So it says, How, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So pray expectantly. Ask God what you need. Just remember, it's not a wish list because we need to seek Him and all these things will be added to us. But pray with expectancy. Don't be fierce in your expectations. Have confidence in your expectations because God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above 
all that we ask or think for. So true. Then 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Lest your sorrow as other, we have no hope. What does that mean? We need to encourage each other. That's so important. I had this friend when I was going through this bad stuff, like five months later, I found that we started to talk and she told me, oh, she was so alone. She was lying on her bed and crying. I said, oh my word, I was going through the same thing. And then sometimes you think, but I must be strong. I can't show people I'm weak. But we dare to encourage each other, guys. As I said, don't just come here to expect, oh, the pastor is going to give me a prophetic word. There's so many powerful other people that are going to give you a word and encourage you. So come when you come to church with an expectancy. Don't tell me, oh, who's going to preach tomorrow? And if you're here, it's not a certain part. I'm not coming. I think, you know, God can use anybody to give you a word. Anybody. And the most important word for me is from the word. Uh, because prophetic word give us, prophetic words give us hope. But where's the biggest hope? It's in Jesus. Because, if, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. So I want you to declare this with me. I built others up. And I encourage them to have hope in God. Amen. Okay. So then, number six, we're getting there. Ooh, I'm going to rush now. <laughs> Psalm 9, verse 18. You will not ignore forever all the needs of the poor. For those in need shall not always be crushed. Their hopes shall be fulfilled. For God sees it all. So what does it mean? I need to trust in God and His timing. So say with me, I trust in God's timing for my life. Not my own plans, my timing. I know we have vision boards, maybe that says by the time I'm 40, I'm going to have 10 houses. It is your vision, I know, and we pray about it. But sometimes it's not God's timing. Maybe it's only when you're 50 or when you're 80, I don't know. (laughs) But we must trust in God's timing. The same with the baby that's formed into perfection. I was just thinking, oh my word, God doesn't rush that. Every little thing is formed to perfection. So why do we want to rush everything? Yeah, Psalm 31 verse 24 from the Passion Translation. So cheer up. Take courage all you who love Him. Wait for Him to break through for you. All trust in Him. So have courage and trust Him. So say the following. I am, I am courageous. courageous. Yes, I am courageous. Number 8, Romans 15 verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you of all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what is abound? It's overflow. I'm having an overflow of hope. So I can rest in God's peace. I have God's peace because I have abundance of hope. Although sometimes we don't feel like it. It's like when I was in hospital. Many times I just lied. Well, in my bed and looking at the wall. I said, oh Lord, <laughs> am I ever going to see my family? Am I ever going to get out of this place? <laughs> I'm put out of the camp. I have leprosy. <laughs> I know I laugh about it, but believe me, it was not nice when I was there. And then I, was, then I got a new phone and I took my earphones with because I'm going to listen to all the sermons. And then my phone didn't have that thingy that you can plug the earphone in. 
So I asked my brother, bring me Bluetooth earphones. And when he bring it, the, the charging cable was this long. So only by the Friday, eventually, I could start it <laughs> to listen to sermons. And I had my Bible there and everything, but I just felt so hopeless. Really, I can't explain it to you. It was just, and I know, and people encouraged me every day. There's, there was even one lady from Bible school, like every morning at half past four, she would send me a message. And it was, oh, thank you, Lord. And I, listen, she didn't wake me up because me in hospital, I wake you up at four o'clock for coffee. <laughs> so, so, and people encouraged me, really, but in myself, I just didn't have hope. Okay, then number nine, we're nearly done. Very important. You know, this is one of the favorite scriptures. And this was one of the scriptures that gave me most hope when we're in our bad times. And Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and hope. So what does God say? I give you hope and a future. Because He knows the plans He has for us. Do you think He created you for what? Just to steal oxygen? No. That's how I felt. <laughs> I felt I'm just like an oxygen thief. <laughs> Having no purpose, no nothing. <laughs> really, it was bad. I'm sorry. But then I was just reminded, He gives us hope in the future. Okay, so and then the last one. So when I was going through that bad time two and a half years ago, one morning I was at home and I was just, don't ask me. I couldn't do anything because we didn't have work, nothing. So I switched on the TV and... I said, let me just go to the faith channel. We still had this TV though. <laughs> so it didn't go so bad. <laughs> but anyway, so this pastor was preaching. And I thought, now I'm going to record this whole thing from this pastor. And you won't believe it. My PVR only recorded that little bit forever. Nothing else, just that little bit. And it's still on there. And it's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, Numbers 14, verse 28. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord. Just as we spoke it in my hearing, so I will do to you. Isn't it powerful? Because what am I saying to God? If I'm saying to Him, oh, I'm just an oxygen thief, that's all I am. So what am I saying to God? No, God, I trust you. I have hope in you. You're giving me a future. So say the following with me. Only God's words for my life We'll leave this lips. Amen. So I want you to encourage you today to put your hope in God and to build your hope in Him because He's the only one who can give us hope. And so the last scripture I'm going to end off with, Hebrews 6 verse 19. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. So when we put our hope in Him, we will never be disappointed. He is a strong and trustworthy anchor of our souls. So thank you so much for listening to me today. I hope I've built your hope a little bit and gave you a hope and a new look at it. And then I just want us to pray together. Thank you. Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. Thank you for the new hope that we have. Thank you that you've encouraged us. I thank you that we know you have plans and a purpose and a future for us and that you give us hope that no situation is hopeless, Lord. You created me for a purpose and a time such as this to be here 
and you know the plans. And we must just trust in your timing, Lord. Your timing is perfect. Thank you that you touch everyone now and give them hope and know there is a future. No matter what the enemy comes to try to steal and kill and destroy from us, we're not going to take it. We're going to fight him and we're going to hold on and pray expectantly. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings in my life. In Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning into Radical Change Ministries. Subscribe for more.